This episode is brought to you by Maui Nui Venison, a mission-based food company bringing the healthiest meat on the planet directly to your door. I have strived over the years to cultivate a deeper connection with the food that fuels myself and my family, balancing nutritional value and ethics that align with our values. This process has led me to harmonize with nature as much as possible. Maui Nui Venison brings this process to fruition. Not only does this company provide the most nutrient-dense meat available, this is the only stress-free, 100% wild-harvested red meat on the market, an operation that is truly one of its kind, actively managing Maui's invasive axis deer populations, helping to restore balance to vulnerable ecosystems and communities in Hawaii. Maui Nui seeks to restore balance, not eradicate or farm these animals. Managing populations means only a limited number of memberships are available. Get yours while you can. Go to MauiNuiVenison.com slash mindful to get 20% off your first order. Before you drift off into one of our meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to share with you one of the new opportunities for our listeners at The Mindful Movement. This is Sarah Raymond, and I'm so excited to announce the expansion of our coaching services to include two of my good friends and excellent coaches, Nikki Dyer and Laura Cannon. Both Nikki and Laura provide their own unique skill sets, allowing us to meet the needs of our growing audience. If you want to learn more, just follow the coaching link in the show notes. As always, we are grateful for your support and look forward to working with you. Welcome, listeners. This is Les Raymond with the Mindful Movement Podcast, where we facilitate an environment to empower growth among a community of like-minded individuals who strive to live mindfully in all aspects of their lives. Today, join Sarah and our guest, Leslie Logan, from Profitable Pilates. This episode is packed with value for mindful movement instructors, studio owners, and people looking for advice on how to incorporate mindful movement into their lives. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, share, and subscribe to the show. Interviews are published every Wednesday, and meditations are published on YouTube every Monday. Enjoy the show. All right. Well, I'm glad to welcome Leslie Logan from Profitable Pilates to the podcast today. Thanks for joining us, Leslie. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. Uh, So I'll just take a little bit of time to introduce you to our listeners in case they don't know you, give a little bit of background. So Leslie is a PMA certified master Pilates instructor and has been studying and teaching Joseph Pilates classical methods since 2005 and 2008 respectively. She also has eight years of retail management experience and six years managing studios regionally for Equinox Fitness Clubs. Leslie has completed a 600-hour classical Pilates teacher training in L.A., and soon after, she completed a master's Pilates certification from the Pilates Center in Boulder, Colorado. Currently, Leslie maintains the position of lead teacher trainer for Equinox Pilates and has led dozens of apprentices through their program since 2012. Because she has this great love of learning, Leslie was recently admitted into The Work, a master's program taught by one of Joseph Pilates' elders, Jay Grimes. And to add to this impressive list of qualifications and offerings, Leslie offers online business courses for beginning to advanced Pilates instructors, studio owners, and teacher trainers at her website, ProfitablePilates.com. And finally, she's an author of the book, Profitable Pilates, which is packed with great advice for Pilates instructors. 
Yeah, it's a long it's, list, right? It's a long list. When I hear that, I'm like, wow, I did, I do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very impressive. So, well, you. you know, it's a lot of qualifications, and um, I just, I really like to hear your story and how how you would put your journey into words. Yeah, um, it's an. I I always say it's an interesting story. I kind of fell into Pilates instruction um, without even thinking that it would be a career choice. Um, I was in college and I graduated and I was managing um, a high end jewelry store with like purses and um, just really amazing high end accessories. And I loved it. And I was on track to be their regional and going up to being like the vice president eventually of the company. And that's the track I was on. And one of the girls there was like, do you want to go to a Pilates class? And I was like, that's like an info thing. <laughs> and, you know, I thought it was an infomercial. And so I was like, but I'll go. I'm not doing anything this Saturday morning. And it happened to, I lived in Orange County, California, and it happened to be um, Rail um, Bozzi's like main headquarters. And I go into this like place and I take this class and I was like, oh my God, I can never do anything else. Like this is the <laughs> workout. This is the exercise I've been looking for. Um, because at the time I wasn't a fan of yoga. I tried it and I just couldn't figure out like what, why everyone loved it. And I was an ex runner. And so I was like, I, I need something. So I literally changed my work schedule so I can go to a mat class every day. Wow. And Bozzy didn't have any more. So I went to, um, Yoga works in Orange County, and I just literally went every single day. I had these favorite teachers, and I went. And life moving to L.A., and I got here, and I couldn't find anyone I liked as much. And, you know, people, I mean, some of us just don't like change, but I really couldn't find anyone who could talk to me as if I was there and not like I was watching a video at home. And so... I happened to come out of a class and I looked across the street and there was a Pilates studio with the equipment and I had never even thought about that, but they had like a first time session offer. So I called and the guy brought me in and he introduced me to this girl and he's like, you guys would be great duet partners. So I went from doing mat work every day to just doing a duet session once a week. And I just remembered my mat exercises and I would do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And the woman who taught us, she bought the studio and she's like, you should be a Pilates instructor. And I was like, Oh, that's an interesting idea. So that's what happened. I literally was like, okay. And I I went and took a mat training course and I started my own mat classes without knowing anyone. And I marketed them myself and I built them up. And then I went through the comprehensive training while I was still managing these jewelry stores. And what ended up happening was I got so busy so quickly, like literally in 90 days of teaching um, after finishing my comprehensive program, I was working more than a doctor between the two jobs. And so I actually quit um, t- uh, working in a salaried job with vacation time and health benefits. I quit all of that in the height of the recession to be a Pilates instructor. And that's kind of how I got started. Wow. It was, it was as if it was meant to be. You had, you had opening that one Saturday morning and it worked all, it all worked out for you. I know. I'm so glad I hired that girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can you can thank her for your entire career. Right, right, totally. That's great. So uh, along the way, is there anything specific that you feel the most proud of? Oh, you know, I am I'm really proud of myself for uh, for going for it. With there's a lot of fear when you switch careers or when you go into this, and I've actually now. 
in the last eight years taken three giant leaps of faith without really knowing where I was going to land and just knowing that I needed to do that. I didn't really know what it would look like to teach Pilates full time. I had no idea. And but but I knew that that was what I needed to do. Um, And there's so much people there's so many people around you and there's so much to read online and in books that you you know stay with what is safe because it's known like you know what that door has but I against everyone's you know um, advice I was like no I'm gonna teach and then um, you know when I took a leap of faith and, and did that it led me to managing all these studios and then I took a leap of faith to quit managing all of them just to be able to coach all of these teachers and studio owners who didn't even know that they needed a coach. So I'm, I'm really proud of, of these jumps that I've taken and, and just seen what happens. Sure. That's great. They say that the magic happens on the outside of the comfort zone, right? Oh yeah. It sounds like you've, you've experienced that. Yeah. I, I, I tend to, um, I have a love hate relationship. I love being on the outside of the comfort zone, but then there's that part of you that's so scared. Sometimes you just want to go back in but I find that it's it's just better on the outside. <laughs> it is. You're right. It's a little scary, but that's where the magic happens. Yeah, you've said it. So um, anything in particular that you feel the most grateful for along this journey? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm really grateful for some of, like, the bigger mistakes I made. <laughs> well, let's, let's hear um, about those. You know, there's um, – I'm grateful for – there's two. I'm I, – uh, I'm grateful for for sticking with something, even though um, I should have left a little earlier, but I stuck it out. And that lesson I learned in sticking it out and o- literally overstaying my welcome, basically, um, helped me in every other time since then where I've gone like, ooh, now I'm, it's time to go. Like, I know... Mm-hmm. what the the signs are of it's time to take the next step or it's time to make a turn on this journey like this path is we've ended it because you can easily stay on the wrong path for a long time and just keep pushing through a wall trying to make it a door mm-hmm. but you know the first couple times I stood I overstayed my welcome I was able to go oh this is what this is what pushing through a wall looks like. And so now I can recognize when I'm trying to make a wall a door and, and turn the other way. <laughs> um, another one was, uh, I don't know if it was really a mistake, but it was definitely um, an interesting thing that happened is that I, I broke my leg while running, which I'd quit running competitively. And um, I went for a run that I wasn't planning on doing and I broke my leg two blocks from home and it sidelined me. Mm. Um, and I mean, literally I couldn't walk for a month and as a mover, that's really hard to do. Um, and it made me, uh, have to really rethink everything, not just how I taught, but also how I ran my business and how I led my life and, um, having to need people rather than just do it all myself. Um, so I, I, I am very grateful for the mistakes and then things that seem bad in the beginning. Sure. 
Well, it seems like the universe has a way of um, telling you what you need. You know, you needed that time to rest and and evaluate and be aware of what was going on. So you, while it may not have been pleasant to have a broken leg, it was a time for you to really learn and grow and sounds like a good thing in the end. Totally. I, I wrote a notes to inspire. Um, I send these out every week and I wrote one about how do you know it's bad? <laughs> it, it might be bad in that moment, but in in two years, and even less than that, you'll look back and go, oh, my God, I'm so glad. I mean, I'm so glad I broke my leg. It really changed everything. It even changed the relationship that I was in um, for the better. So I, I lit- I'm so thankful for this terrible curb that a freak accident <laughs> happened on because if I had, I don't know. Um, I don't know that I would have come across the things that I've done in the last two years that quickly. I think it would have taken me much longer to, to understand them. That's a great, great perspective. So um, with all of your education, are there any mentors or teachers that really have had a strong impact on you? Oh, totally. Um, one of them is a dear friend of mine now. So when I first became a Pilates instructor, I knew I needed to learn still. Like I knew all I had was exercises and I still needed more. What do I do with these? Like, why are we doing these? I think every teacher training program means well, but it's very hard to teach apprentices not only how to do the exercises and how to teach the exercises but why (laughs) you know all in once because your brain can only handle so much and so I wanted to continue to learn even in as I was teaching and Carrie Macy Samper her name's Carrie Samper now but at the time Carrie Macy was working for Equinox she was managing a studio there and I wanted to learn from her and so I literally charged a membership there so I could take her class that I could meet her so that I could tell her, I want to work for you. Mm-hmm. And um, what ended up happening is this amazing thing because she, whilst I was learning how to be a teacher from her, um, I think um, a lot of the stuff that I did on the business side um, really helped her out um, in the way she was managing studios. And so that's, I ended up growing into her role. Um, and, and now we are dear friends. So it was this mentorship that changed into this really lifelong friendship. Um, and then I, I now have a mentor. Her name is Sandy Shimoda and she is the owner of Vintage Pilates. And there is something so amazing about how present she can be when she's teaching and how she trusts what's within her more than trying to like overthink it. So Sometimes she'll give a correction or she'll say something. She's like, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but this is what I'm feeling like you need right now. And just being around her and her knowledge has really helped me trust that, like, sometimes you don't logically know why you're telling someone something, but it's in you to tell them. And so you, the more you go with that, um, the better your teaching is, the better your life decisions are, the more present you are. So she is like my rock and coach right now. I don't, I'm I loving her. <laughs> that's great. Little little bit of intuition in your in your teaching. Yeah, that's great. Well, um, you did share a little bit about <clears throat> excuse me your um, your broken leg, but was there any other time in your journey, your career that maybe didn't go as planned or exactly as how you had hoped and um, how are you able to get through that and recover and still move forward? 
Oh, yeah. Actually, it's quite fresh, um, and I'm still uh, doing it. Um, as you mentioned, I was a lead teacher trainer for Equinox for both the Orange County and L.A. regions, and I loved it. Um, but all the coaching that I do for studios and for um, Pilates instructors has grown so much. I'm doing a lot of courses and coaching with that that my schedule was just filling up and I wasn't able to dedicate the time to these apprentices and dedicate the time to instructors and studio owners. And then I still have my clients. You know, I still love to teach. And I think that's what helps me coach is that I'm still on the front lines. Um, And I was going to stay, you know, I felt like I'd committed to these apprentices and I needed to stay on till the end of the year this year. And um, a week ago, I had a talk with my boss, and that wasn't going to happen the way I planned it, Um, and it couldn't work the way that I wanted, and I had to walk away sooner than I wanted, um, and and not in a way that I I didn't get to really say goodbye, and I didn't really get to to explain what was happening to anybody, and... um, so it's not how I planned because how I planned it was there'd be this really long like goodbye like okay I am going soon and let me make sure I get to teach all of you these things and happy new year you'll be great and just really get to like t- you know just really get to support them as I left and um, you don't you know I don't it's not my program and it's not they're not my apprentices and so it's a two way street it doesn't always get to go your way and I was really devastated. Um, it hurt. It felt like, um, it just didn't feel the way I wanted. But I also, after, you know, digesting that, I also realized I did give them everything. And so I think trusting in, if you're always showing up as yourself and you're always being as authentic as you can and really, um, true to what you believe, then no matter how you exit something, you know, I know that they all know that I love them and that I support them and I'm excited for them. And it's not a goodbye because it's the world of Pilates. So I'm going to see all of them soon and in a different way. And um, so just being grateful that I always showed up and always um, gave 100% to every person that I worked with so that no matter how I left, everyone knows my true heart and where that is. And they don't feel like I jumped off and left them. I, they don't feel that at all. And so, um, I'll still be dealing with that. It's still hard to let something go. Um, but at the same time, knowing that it's the right thing. And again, if I look back at my whole career, every single thing happens the way it's supposed to for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's one of the ways that helps me get through. It's like, well, this is happening for a reason. So just experience it and do the best you can um, and be true to what you believe. And it will, you know, two years from now, I'll be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to, to be in it right now. And I, as you said, when you look back on it, you know, you'll you'll feel differently, I'm sure. And and I, I'm sure that you have had a huge impact on all of those apprentices, and um, they're probably very grateful for you, I would imagine. Oh, thank you. I, I, I think so, too. I like to think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> so as this um, chapter is, is closing, is there a, a new chapter on the horizon for you, or is it too early to say? 
No, no. I mean, um, and and honestly, when it all went, I was like, oh, this is probably great because now I can focus on what is next, which uh, I wasn't able to give as much attention to. I am taking my coaching um, out not uh, I'm taking it out to the world. I'm going actually to be in the UK um, doing a winter retreat for Pilates instructors. Um, I'm teaming up with an amazing instructor who's going to do teaching workshops and I'm going to do business workshops for Pilates instructors. And in 2017, I'll be in Cambodia and Maui wow. and I'm working on another um, retreat that will be also solely for Pilates instructors um, where they can come and they can literally dive in and just get some business help and realize that they have all the strengths that they need to rock their business. It's just a matter of of seeing it from a way that they can understand it. So um, I'm in the UK in December of this year, and then I'll be in Cambodia in March of next year and Maui in April. So I, I, I look forward to... Um, have a few more conversations with people, but I look forward to hopefully being somewhere new each month and helping instructors and studio owners rock their business because um, that the more they do, the more people are doing Pilates, the better I think the world is because the more people who do Pilates, the more connected they are to their bodies and their souls and the better human beings they are. So it's my way of helping with world peace. <laughs> wow. That's a... It's a big... Step. <laughs> it's a big step. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Um, I, I mean, I think as a studio owner myself, uh, that's one thing that this industry is really lacking is that support for business owners. Um, I find so often that people get into owning a studio or opening their own business because they love what they do as Pilates instructors or, or as yoga instructors, and they just don't have that um, business background where that's where we need the support. You know, we don't know how to market. We don't know how to run a business, do the accounting. And I think it's phenomenal that you offer that. Yeah, I, I really love it. And I love the questions that come through. And, um, and I, I just see that there is so much uh, need for it. Because I do want you to teach. I want you to do all the teaching you want to do. And I think that's what most studio owners want to do. They open a studio because whatever reason, it seems like the right decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but even instructors, you know, they go in to rent a studio, but they don't actually know how to build their business or they work for a studio. But again, they don't know how to build their business. And then a the studio owner's like, this teacher's not converting clients. I can't give them first time clients, but they don't know how to help them. <laughs> and so that's where I come in. It's like, what if I can give you the tools you need to realize that you actually can convert a first time client? It isn't about selling. It might sound like selling. I might say the word sell a package, but what you're really providing is a time for this person to get connected within themselves. And what they need is to know that they can trust you. And so, you know, I think too often Pilates instructors get excited about showing everything that they know to someone and really you just need to show them what they need and why they need to be with you. And so that's what I really work on, um, on the in-person work. And then I do a lot of helping them navigate marketing and um, how to set up their systems that work for them because 
while every studio does similar things, not every system will work for every person. And some people can market on Facebook and make a ton of clients that way. And some people literally need to go next door to the tuxedo shop and leave flyers. Mm -hmm. And that could work really well. You know, so I think what's beautiful about the Pilates industry is you don't have to try to talk to everybody. You just have to talk to the people within your area. And, um, you know, so my hope is to really help people take the burden off of themselves and see that it is something that they can do. And then the more they do it well, the more they can just do what they want, which is teach. Mm, That's really great advice. So these retreats are for Pilates instructors? That's who they're being marketed to? The UK retreat is specifically only for Pilates instructors. And um, that is going to be a very intimate winter wonderland retreat. It's December 5th to the 8th. And it's in Brooklyn. It's at the Brooklyn's Barn in West Sussex. And it's got an indoor pool. So it'll be snowing outside. And this indoor pool um, will have classes every day. But Cambodia and Maui... They are good for Pilates lovers, Um, so if you're not a Pilates instructor but you just happen to enjoy Pilates, or maybe you just want to go to Cambodia and see the temples with me, it's my favorite place in the world. I will live there someday, Um, and uh, we'll do Pilates every day. We're going to do temple tours, so I'm doing a mix of both because I really um, find that sometimes when you're an instructor, you just want to be a client, (laughs) you know? So, um, so the, the UK one is specific for instructors, but Maui and Cambodia are welcome to any. That sounds delightful. I I think I might have to check it out. It's all, all available on your website, all the information. Yeah. The UK retreat is on the profitablepilates.com site. And then the other retreats are found on my on my teaching site, which is LeslieLoganPilates.com. And Leslie is spelled L-E-S-L-E-Y. Awesome. I'll link those in the show notes as well. So Thank you. So can find them easily. Yes, please. <laughs> so speaking of working with uh, studio owners, do you have any specific advice that you could give anyone that's either already in the trenches of owning a studio or thinking about possibly opening one? Yeah, um, that's a great question. If you are already in the trenches and you are complaining about a system and or you're complaining about something over and over and over again, that is something that you actually need to make a system for so that you don't have to continue the complaint. So if there's a teacher that's doing something that's inappropriate or there's a client that's doing something that's not well or you're just finding that you're this you just keep making the same complaint Take us the time and work backwards. Figure out the result you want, the one that you could dream up in a perfect world. What would that result be? And then just start working backwards until you get to what seems like a good start position. Make a system for it, and then it will always go the way or at least start off in the right way to get you the result that you want. But to sit and make the same complaint over and over again and do nothing about it, that's where you just start to feel like the world is weighing on you. Um, So if you're in the trenches, making good systems is going to help you get the results you want. Then if you are thinking of opening a studio, I would really recommend doing the best you can to start off small and, um, and, and pay in cash as much as you can. Really would. You can always go big. You can always grow bigger. You can always expand. You can always bring in more teachers. But I think sometimes people 
plan out and build the studio, the dream studio with the decor that they want and the retail that they want and all the equipment for all the classes. And they're, you know, they, they literally build their dream studio. But if you can't afford to live for a good six months without that dream studio even making its own money to pay its bills, then you are going to lose everything. And then what? You can't go smaller and, and survive often. So I really recommend start off small. Uh, make sure that the space you get and the equipment you get will serve and pay you enough to pay for the studio and enough to have the life you want to live. And then... As it grows, you can start even renting space out. You can start bringing in teachers. You can always go into a bigger studio and buy more equipment. Um, so that would be my recommendation for those just starting out. That's great. I definitely would second that. We, um, we're just uh, passing our 12-year anniversary on our studio. and we, amazing. Yeah, thank you. But we definitely uh, made the mistake of going big initially and we've had to you know redesign the studio we had to rent space to different people different businesses over the years and have to you know we tried to broaden where really we needed to narrow and focus in on one thing and get really good at that one thing but we felt like we couldn't because we were just so big right right and I think also you end up making if there's too much pressure to make a certain dollar amount before it's time you make decisions under a pressure that you wouldn't normally make. Um, so, you know, you might hire or bring in renters that you just, in your gut, you're like, this isn't the best decision, um, you know, but I need the money or we need this renter. And um, I don't, I mean, it's your studio is is like your house. It's just in another addition. It just happened, and you're welcoming these clients in and these teachers who work there for you or rent from you. They're coming in. It's your space, and it should feel very comfortable to you, and it should feel like you are in charge. And if you are, if you are in a place that you set yourself up for that you have to make more right when those doors open, you're going to make decisions that you wouldn't normally have made. You know, I've thought, I've definitely talked to the teachers who've done the Groupons because they thought that that was going to get them the business, and they're getting three dollars a person, right. you know, per class. And I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> I think it costs more to keep your doors open, you know, right, for the, right. so I, I really strongly encourage, and I, um, and I'm glad you agree with me that it's just the, the, the more specific you are, it's actually better because then you're talking to a specific group of people and it's easier to get your message across and you can get those people to hear you. Yes, definitely. It's, it, I mean, I, I feel like if you have too much space or, you know, you're, really struggling to make ends meet you manage and you run a business out of fear and it's really not a healthy way to live or to run a business well it doesn't attract the clients that you ultimately want to work with either because people really do sense what you're feeling that day you know and I just like I think as a teacher we sense what they're feeling that day so um, I would much rather attract somebody when I'm calm and feeling in charge uh, than when I'm fearful. <laughs> yes, definitely. So um, that being said, um, I'm just looking at your book here on my desk, Profitable Pilates, Everything But the Exercises. So I'm sure there's lots of really good advice in here similar to what we've been talking about, but anything specific that maybe you could share with our listeners that uh, they could find in this book? 
Yeah, um, I love, I just even wrote a blog about it, but um, I I really think that the part in there about charging what you're worth and figuring out how to do your rates is, is good information. I do think it's really hard to put a dollar amount on ourselves and what we offer. And I also think a lot of people uh, don't feel confident in saying, you know, what their rates are. And, um, it's a chapter called the price is right. Um, and so I highly recommend that when you are an instructor, you don't just pick rates based off of what everyone else is charging, because how do you know that's going to pay your bills? (laughs) Um, but you also, um, you also have to look at a a few things. I mean, there is what your bills are and what your livelihood needs to make. There's also your experience. You know, I find it very interesting. I was in Santa Barbara coaching, and there was teachers who just finished their program who were charging the same amount as teachers been teaching for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And you know, the people, I was like, either you need to raise your rates, <laughs> <laughs> you have 15 years of experience, like that. What's going on here, or why are they charging that much? Not that they don't need to make that much, but there is something to be said for the experience that you have. And the value that that offers. And so um, I, I, I find that um, people are ashamed of saying there. It's like, oh, I'm $100 an hour. Why? You, you worked hard to be $100 an hour. You should say that, you know, and you should say, like, my sessions are $100 an hour and this is how much my packages are. And be really direct because if you're confident in that, then your clients are confident in working with you. Your future clients are confident in working with you. But if the number doesn't sound good, if you don't feel that worth, then, you know, either we need to talk and figure out why you don't feel like you're worth that much. Mm-hmm. Or maybe maybe you are charging more than, than is necessary. And, and let's find a number that you feel more comfortable taking. But um, I don't know that I wrote about it in the book. It, uh, I have to reread it. But there's one thing that I like to tell teachers is that you cannot think with your wallet. Mm, that's a good piece Be- of advice. You cannot think with your wallet because everyone's wallet is different. And everyone is going to spend this money. They're going to spend it on jeans and coffee and drinks <laughs> and their car. Or they're going to spend it on Pilates with you. And so, you know, don't think with your wallet. You just have to let them figure out how they're going to budget you in. Right. Then you can attract those people that value their health and how they move. and Totally, which is yeah. the ones you want anyways because they're the ones that never miss and they show <laughs> up every time. <laughs> right, right. Well, that's great advice. I, it, it's similar to what you were saying with the systems, with the um, the studio owners. It's it's almost like you're you're starting with the end in mind. You know, you need to figure out how much money you need to make and how much money um, you believe you're worth, and then price yourself accordingly. Yeah, I think I do that with a lot of things. I like to think of like where where do I need to be. And then, and then let me work backwards on how I can get there. I um, failed at corn mazes a lot. <laughs> I think, I think that you know, if I if I had been in the center and worked my way out, I would have been much faster. <laughs> sure, sounds like there may have been some traumatic experience related to corn mazes. I don't know. <laughs> I clearly am from the farm towns. <laughs> That's funny. So just changing gears a little bit, um, mm-hmm. I'm curious if you. Um, 
have a specific routine that you use that incorporates mindfulness or um, in your life, in your practice, or something that you could share with our listeners about what mindfulness means to you? Yeah, so I, um, which shocks a lot of people, I have yet to pick up my own meditation practice. I desperately want to. It is on a list that someday I'm going to challenge myself to one. But what I am very, uh, what's very important to me is that I make sure that I get my Pilates in and my um, yoga in. And the reason, first of all, the Pilates, I cannot tell someone that they need to come into me three times a week if I'm not at least practicing three times a week. And so I see my instructor at least two times, if not the third, and then I work myself out. But I feel it's important that, you know, that's my time for me to be a body and, and, and feel what's going on with me. And then I take yoga, one, because my husband and I, it's something we do together, but I don't teach yoga. So it's really nice mm-hmm. to go in somewhere and I can't be bothered for 90 minutes, like literally can't think of anything else. No one can come up to me. No one can interrupt me. And doing those things for myself every week, um, I never miss even when I'm traveling, that helps me um, just take an hour to an hour and a half each day and and just be within myself and feel what's tight and then, you know, let what's in my brain come out. Like I don't try to clear my head when I do any of these practices. I literally allow the thoughts to come up and, you know, Oh, I'm feeling anxious in this pose. Well, why am I anxious right now? And so those are my ways of, of having a mindfulness practice. Um, because again, the more I can do that, then when I'm teaching, it's easier for me to pay attention to my gut and be more mindful when I'm with the client. That's great. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like this movement practice is really also a practice of just being aware of your own body, both physically and mentally. And um, I think that's really important, as especially in the Pilates industry and the the helping industry when we're giving so much of ourselves to really take that time and schedule it out to take care of ourselves. Yeah, I find a lot of people, you know, I hear from a lot of teachers like, oh, I need to go over there and get a session. It's been so long. And I'm like, I, are you, I like freak, I literally freak out if I can't get my session. I'm like, why am I, why did I have to cancel that? I need to move it there. Um, because I really think, you know, we give so much, like you just said, it's really important. We let someone give to us and, um, you know, so it's, it's kind of full circle. You know, I give to these clients and this teacher can give to me and then I can give to my clients. It's, too hard to do this job day in and day out for years if you're not letting yourself be given that time by somebody else. Yeah, so very important. So um, is there anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners, any piece of advice for either other movement uh, professionals or anyone in the world that's really out there trying to, you know, move better, be mindful, that type of thing? You know, I find something you love and do that. I think everybody tends to like, oh, let me try this new thing out. Let me try this new thing out. I mean, you can, and I'm not saying I don't, but I I think, you know, if you're always switching around, that's something to ask yourself, like, why am I always changing this? Mm-hmm. Really find a method of, of physical movement that you feel like you could do forever, and make that part of your lifestyle because then it's not a burden. You don't have to go, oh, I need to go exercise today or, oh, I need to do this or I have to do this. It's just like I'm going. I never say I have to go to yoga or I have to go to Pilates or I have to 
seeing my husband, I always say, I'm going to do this. I get to do this. I get to take a Pilates session. So my big piece of advice for anyone, especially people who give to others in the service industry, is you've got to find something that makes you feel fed and that you should be able to do every day. That's so. great. Yeah, I think, you know, in the in the Pilates world, even just in the more broad movement industry, there's always this sense of, you know, my way is better than your way. And, and really, like you're saying, if you just find something that you love, that's where the benefits come, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not better or worse than what someone else is doing. It's just what works for you and what feeds you, like you said, what you can find something that you love that you can be consistent with and really truly get the benefits from. Yeah, yeah. So that's great advice. So um, I know that our listeners are going to want to find out more about you, what you're doing, find out about those really exciting retreats coming up. So where can we connect with you? Yeah, so I am on lots of social channels. Um, I'm not on Snapchat. Don't look for me. I can't figure that one out. But if you go to ProfitablePlotties.com, there are links to all of my social channels, including YouTube, my Instagram, which um, I love being on Instagram. I'm there often. Um, my Facebook page. And I really enjoy people reaching out and connecting with me. So please do. like Send me your questions. You can post them on the page. You can email me. Um, And then if you are interested in more just Pilates, taking sessions, um, Skype, or going on retreats, LeslieLoganPilates.com. And again, it's Leslie, L-E-S-L-E-Y. That is where you'll find out where I teach publicly and where I'm going on my retreats that are open to anyone and then the social channels that go along with that. Um, but I'm, I'm big on Instagram and I, I do um, love Facebook. I know people love to hate it, but I find that I get to connect with people all over the world. So there's nothing to hate about that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and, and if you don't want to, you just turn it off. <laughs> Agreed. Well, I, I will link all of those. Um, uh, channels in, in our show notes so that people can connect with you easily. I'm sure that they will have questions for you and want to uh, connect with you and get to know you a little bit more. I would love that. Yeah. So thank you so much for taking your time and all your great advice on the Mindful Movement podcast. I'm really grateful that you were willing to come out and, and chat with me for a, a bit of time. I know you're a busy person right now. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. This is a wonderful thing. So I'm excited for for you as well. Great. Thank you so much.